Hi, my name is Jolene Sher. I'm an author. At the moment, I'm self-published with a dream of someone discovering one of my books. I have two completed books. One is called Ephenia, which is a novel, and the other falls into the world of self-help, which is the holistic entrepreneur. Join me as I ramble through my thoughts and write my third book titled, If Life's a Journey, What's in Your Backpack? It's been a while. Wow. And I really am grateful that this podcast and my followers, although small, I'm so grateful that there's this encouragement to carry on doing this. Um, It's interesting to write a book during COVID-19 when the focus can be so shifted on um, where's the money coming from? How am I working? What am I doing? So to come back to writing If Life's a Journey, What's in Your Backpack is really important to me as much as possible. I'm on to a new chapter that I've done no work for, so it's exciting for me to really process what I'm going to put in this chapter. This chapter is travel buddies, travel companions. I'm definitely calling it travel companions. And the reason why it's such an important chapter is because if you don't understand the two parts of self that you travel with, then it's really difficult to process a lot of what you go through in life. So we are born into this world with a soul that has memory of lifetimes past and that has journeyed more than once. If you ask some someone who doesn't believe in past lifetimes, then um, it's fine for you to create your own reality into the space. It's not about me changing anybody's belief system. It's really about me giving my understanding and what has worked for me and how I have processed and how I live my life. And I'm a firm believer that we have many, many soul lifetimes. Actually, just on the side, it's so important that I share that uh, through COVID and the offerings that I've been putting out into the world, I've been doing tarot for about um, 16 years. And it was interesting because I never offered it as a service to the public. It's always something that I've done privately for my friends, uh, I love doing New Year's readings for everyone so that they get the energy of what, of how the year is coming up and as gifts doing birthday readings. Um, and a very dear client of mine asked me if I believed in tarot, if there was anyone who could do a tarot reading for me and I bravely put up my hand. And an extension into that has been um, because I've done so much work into the Akash, into the Akashic records. If you don't know what that is, it's beautiful to research, but it's basically, I visualize it as uh, this huge big library that has so much depth and width to it that it's impossible for you to explore all of it. And actually in my novel, Ephenia, I put the Akash into the story. And in that, what I call library, is everyone's soul journey or book of life. So each one of us has a particular book. And when you take that book out, 
um, it has every single soul journey that you have you have been in. So I've been working with the Akash for many years. And in that, a deep understanding that our soul has these repeated journeys. And knowing that helps you understand that soul is the closest to all that is the creation of all that is and knows absolutely knows that within you you can be and achieve and do anything however it also has memory of trying to achieve and do and be anything and then it meets the ego this other travel companion of ours is the ego that does not travel from one lifetime to the next it is the part of self that is created over time through the mind And as we develop and grow, especially through childhood, as we learn what it means to become a human being, our ego develops. And there's two particular parts of the ego that develops. Ego is made up of the child, this inner child that never, ever goes away, that stays with us for our whole lives, and the victim. The two parts of child and victim are what creates our ego. Now, ego has such bad reputation. It just is this part of the self that people say is cruel and unkind and holds you back and trips you up and is really misunderstood. But when you take your ego as a travel companion and you understand that through your journey of life, it loves you and is trying to protect you, then you can start to shift and do deep healing work with the ego. So in essence, ego and soul both love you. Soul has the memory of all that you can be and knows your higher self and all that is and really wants you to achieve and strive and be brave. It knows that if you live in faith, And then if you live in the moment, all that you want from your life can really become a reality. Ego loves you just as much as soul. But it's saying, remember that experience. Remember that experience. We don't want that to happen again. So don't be brave. Don't be bold. Don't take that move. Rather stay small. And that's where the real work along this journey of life comes in. To figure out how to calm the ego and show the ego that if you do listen to the soul, it can be so worth it. Let's have a look at how ego develops from child and from victim. No matter how we are brought up, whether we're brought up in a family that is whole and solid and complete, where there's real love and you can't sit with your friends and tell any real sad, dramatic stories, you will still have a child that develops and has experiences from someone who is brought up maybe in a home that's completely broken or orphaned or abandoned. Because the child at some point has an experience of fear of loss of innocence. It's not, we can't blame our parents, we can't blame our guardians, but things are said, children go to school, children make friends, 
children perceive things in the way that they need to from a real point of innocence. And in that point of innocence, there is this fear of abandonment and this fear of loss of innocence. So the energy of the child is absolutely determined that you will never have that experience of abandonment or loss of innocence again. Therefore, when you try something new, what the child does is says, don't try that. It might not work. Don't put yourself in a position where you could feel abandoned, where you could feel any form of loss. And that can really hold you back. It can ensure that you keep that map folded really small and don't explore all these avenues and journeys that you need to in life. It can happen so often. And each one of us deeply experience this. The second part that makes up the ego is the victim. That's very similar to the child. No matter how we are brought up, at some point we have felt victimized. Whether it's from a friend, from a parent, from a sibling. And feeling victimized is really an uncomfortable, scary, terrible energy that we do not want to repeat. So what we do is we say, before anyone has the opportunity to victimize us, we will just victimize ourselves. So when you're about to be brave, there's that voice in your head that says, don't do that. You're going to fail anyway. When you combine the victim and the child together, you create the ego. And now the soul steps in and the memory of the soul steps in. So what happens when you're traveling on your journey of life? is that you want to do something and there's this part of self that knows, the soul part of self that knows and you will come up with a dream or a vision or a plan and it happens just in the moment and soul gets excited and and has the ability to stay in the now. Soul can only operate if you are really present and in the now because that is when it has the opportunity to override the noise that comes through the head from the ego. So soul has a moment where you can truly imagine yourself folding that map open wide and exploring all of life that you want to explore. And then before soul even has a moment to send you on the direction of Fearless exploration. The ego steps in. Child goes, don't do that. You're not brave enough. You aren't equipped enough. You don't have all the tools. You're not ready. You're going to get lost. And ego goes, don't do that. It's a big world out there. Someone's going to hurt you. Someone's going to trip you up. You'll never make it. You won't find the direction. And the problem is that soul in every lifetime, needs to learn to figure out how to keep on bringing you in this human experience back to the now. And because soul has tried so many times over so many lifetimes, your soul could quieten down really quickly and allow that ego to speak up. It's, it's quite an exhausting process for soul. However, soul never gives up. That's why you always have glimmers of what you really want. That's why there's a part of you that knows that you want to create something different or shift or change or transform in some way. And it's those continuous glimmers that come in from soul. 
it's really the work that needs to be done on this journey where you learn that so much of what you do and think and say is coming from ego. So one of the things that I do in all of my coaching, we always start off by understanding the ego and the soul. And then I get you to imagine sitting down at dinner and having soul present and then the two parts of ego, your child and your victim. Take any situation that you've been in through the day. For example, you needed to have a conversation with your boss. You needed to say, I'm overworked and I'm tired. Is there any way that someone could step in and help me split the workload? And you didn't brave doing it. So imagine sitting down at that dinner table and saying, I really tried today, but I wasn't brave enough to do it. Then imagine that the child had said that. I wasn't brave enough today, but I really tried to do it. Then listen to the nasty things that come out of your head. What would you say to yourself? That's so pathetic. It was just a small conversation. How didn't you get it right? No matter you have, no wonder you haven't amounted to anything. Imagine saying the cruel and kind things to yourself to a really innocent child who's just trying to do their best every day. Then do the same thing and hear the retaliation of the victim. It was such a simple thing. You had it all planned. Why couldn't you get it done? You're such a coward. That victim is just going to retaliate and victimize you even more. Then if you can, try and hear what the soul would say. Soul would say, that's okay. You tried. Tomorrow's another day. And then allow soul to prep you more for what you could have the courage and the bravery to do. Soul is always in the present. So soul would definitely say to you, don't plan too much. Don't figure out every word that you're going to say. If you figure out every word, you're working either from child or from ego. There is so much to talk about when it comes to soul, ego, and how the two companions need to really travel together in this lifetime. I could go on and on and it could be a big, lengthy, in-depth chapter with so many stories. But actually, you just really need to visualize that dinner table. You truly need to understand that you are not traveling on your own mindlessly. You are traveling with such consciousness, with two very distinct parts of you, your ego and your soul. To learn to empathize with yourself and know that your ego is just trying to protect you while your soul sees the depth of your worth and is trying to drive you to get to that is an incredible starting point to learn to journey into the present and into the now. If you understand this, if you become kind to yourself, if you take your time to listen how you communicate with yourself, is it in the present? Is it now? Does it feel like something my soul would say to me? Or is it in the future? Is it stuck in the past? Is it overprotective of innocence? Is it overprotective of ever being victimizing? 
Am I being unkind and cruel to myself in my communication? You will learn to calm the ego and give the ego the confidence to know that soul is the compass that you should be listening to. It is the guide that you should be listening to. It's an incredible part of journeying through life, learning that in this setting of the compass and going with the flow along your journey, enfolding this map open that you can explore so much of who you are, you need to trust your soul to be the guide. However, you need to nurture your ego. You need to take care of it and be kind to it in order for that energy to calm down and allow the soul to truly be the guide. This is definitely going to be a memorable chapter because of how unplanned it is. I have had the outline of the book for a really long time, a good couple of years, and it's drawing to the end of 2020, and all of a sudden this chapter literally appeared to me while I was having a really quiet stroll along the beach early this morning. So I'm definitely going to write this chapter exactly as it is in the book, um, Ticket to Ride, because of the way that I had this realization. And it was so deeply personal to me. In different places of the book, I have written about the impact that was deeply had on me and my ability to really do things on my own, mainly because of my fear, then this deep inner child fear of, of getting lost, being alone, and really having this deep sense of loneliness that I, I think I'm only starting to see now that I'm coming out on the other side of it. But walking along the beach... Every single time I come to the sea, this is actually really so important to let you know, is that every single time I come to the sea, I have a deep belief that she knows us. You know, the, the water that we have on this planet just circulates around and around, and it doesn't go anywhere. It literally all stays here. So within that, every single droplet of water has, from every single lifetime we we have, just holds memory. And... I deeply believe that water knows us and that the sea knows us. And when we return to her in any way, uh, she, she can see how far we've come and what we've done and how we've shifted and how we've changed. And I've really um, honored that and respected that. And whenever I come to the beach, I always make promises to myself and I stand there and I and I truly reflect on the last time she saw me and how much I've shifted and how much I've changed. And it's really interesting because it's one of the reasons why when I imagine living in different places, um, it's not really ever at the sea as much as I love it and as much as I have such a deep connection with the water, um, with the ocean, I, it's so important for me to return to her every so often and the last time I was here was in March and I've been coming since I was a little girl and from 1989 when I was um, 16 maybe 16 years old um, 
we I connected with the family and made a really good friend and every December I would come to the sea and actually Ephenia the novel that I wrote is deeply connected to lying on the beach for an entire um, summer season just that whole holiday time and processing the story and what I wanted to write and the incredible thing is that today for the first time in all the times that I have returned to her and made all these promises of look at how far I've come and I can really feel it and this is the next step and the next time I see you I will have done this or I will have wanted to have been more confident in this or I've wanted to have shifted my my weight or changed something within my career or or done this level of work on myself and as I walked there was there was nothing there was just absolute look at me just look at me look at how far I've come and I really really felt it today I felt how far I've come I felt the deep work and the deep transformation I felt the journey and even though I'm in a place of um so obviously there's still things that we always want to shift and that's the whole journey of of who we are I just I can't explain the difference in feeling that there were no promises that I needed to make to me or that I needed to make to her. And it's so incredible that I'm writing this book in 2020 in the in the depths of of chaos when it comes to COVID-19 and with the numerology that I knew that this year would would be to to literally be in this space of feeling that I for the first time I can feel what the soul really wants and this is what I decided to do in in adding this chapter to this because I literally just had a moment where I felt that my soul just said to me Jodine you finally get you finally get what this journey is about it's about getting to the point where where it it feels like you have done so much work and then you get excited for what the next thing is and it becomes irrelevant what the next thing is. And that is called ascension. That's the true ticket to ride. Ascension is getting to this space where you, you work so consciously to process so many things and to make the journey as deeply conscious as you can and get to levels of understanding of yourself and see the transformation that you have and then there's just this moment where the transformation settles in and the consciousness settles in and the soul gets to a place of saying this is why we're here and now the next step is to move towards your next deepest desire to ascend a little deeper into self into consciousness into life And I'm not saying that I haven't done this over and over again and that I haven't used the words ascension in the past and that I haven't not processed and understood what ascension is. I I really and truly have. But today I I felt it. Today I truly felt that I'm able to be able to, I am able to be able to understand how to share this message with you and shift even in the transformation coaching what I'm doing it's this consciousness to move from one 
level of highest esteem to the next. And it's so important that I explain highest esteem. And I'm going to use my weight as an example because I've had a really, really special weekend with this weight. So um, at the end of this year, if I carry on doing all the things that I've been doing, moving my body, eating consciously, and it is stuff that I'm going to put in, in this book because it's been such a big part of my journey, I will be 10 clothes size, sizes down um, since I started Chat Factory, since I started Lifeology, um, since the business began and I started to deeply understand my work within, within what I used to call life achievement facilitation and now what is this transformation coaching. 10 sizes down is a really big thing. And when I look at myself and when I know that the world looks at me, there's still <laughs> maybe another uh, two sizes to go, believe it or not. Um, but how, how the whole journey of, of highest esteem works is when I was those 10 sizes bigger, all I ever wanted to do was be two sizes down. And I thought that I, if I was two sizes down, I would feel perfect and I wouldn't have to do anything else. I never imagined my ability, my capability to be 10 sizes down. I only understood within the level of esteem that I had at that time, my ability to be two sizes down. And when I got to those two sizes down, I was really excited. I wish that I had let it be good enough just for a moment because that's what I did on the beach today. I let everything be absolutely perfect and good enough in the moment. And I held it for as long as I walked on the beach, knowing that when I got off the beach, I was ready for that next level of ascension and that next level of transformation. But I truly acknowledged that I had reached a deepest desire and the thing is, with your, with your deepest desires and with your, with your highest esteem, as you get there, you know that you have the ability to do something else and do something more. So when I reached the two sizes down, I was like, wow, maybe I can go another size down. And when I did that, I was like, maybe I can go another size down. And in that is the understanding that I really want you to have, that that's how this journey works. And that's what the soul really wants. The soul wants you to understand that the, the energy and the effort and the consciousness is all for this journey of ascending, ascending within yourself, within your consciousness, within, within your understanding and getting to those points of these moments of highest esteem where you didn't think you had the ability to do anything more than that. And when you do that, you know, wow, that's not enough. There's something more. I want something more. But it's so important to first pause and give yourself the conscious, joyous recognition that you have transformed and that you have ascended to this level. And it works with everything. It works with money and relationships and, and yourself and your career and every single aspect of who you are, your deep consciousness, your spirituality, your beliefs. 
And that is the ticket that you hold on this journey, that you move and you hold it and you know that you're on this ride. And when you get to this incredible destination, you savor the moment of it and you know that you are joyously going to ascend to the next one. I want to take a moment to deeply thank you for listening to me and giving me the opportunity to write this book in such a unique, incredible way. I can feel the difference that it has made in processing everything and then writing it. I am taking a moment to acknowledge you and your journey and to remind you that the gift that you give yourself in awareness and being present is the greatest gift that you can ever give yourself and everything else will follow. Thank you for sharing in my journey and I am so grateful to have you in my backpack and I hope that you continue to share with me as I share the story with you and unpack all these things that are sitting in our backpack that create this conscious journey of life.